without saying it, to be honest, the Witcher's world can be a more fantastical, more dangerous world than Game of Thrones. Hi, nerdy fans. I'm your host, Glee. And I'm your co-host, Ray. And welcome to the Nerdy Fans Podcast. Hi, Ray. How have you been? You've been MIA for the last couple of weeks, last couple of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. And yeah, I do miss this. But yeah, let's just say there's a huge lockdown here in in New Zealand at the moment, or rather Auckland. And I've been busy with life. Let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the nerdy fans and I are elated that you're back on the show. And yes, today we're going to talk about The Witcher anime. So this isn't The Witcher live action yet, but just the anime. So Ray, maybe you could give us a walkthrough a bit on what this is about. So basically the plot for The Witcher, uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, is about a young Vesemir, his life as a Witcher. Now, definitely Vesemir is a, well, much known and you could say beloved character in The Witcher world, especially for the fans. And it basically gives us a glimpse as well of the Witcher lifestyle, on how it's about the coin, monsters, and to some degree, no longer being viewed by humans, no longer being viewed as humans, rather, because they are, you could say, empowered people souped up uh, physically to battle monsters. So in many ways, Witchers are also viewed as something like a necessary evil, I would say. Yes, you mentioned something about empowered. If I would have to compare it, it's like the Witcher would be like the mutant, like the X-Men. You could say that, yep. Although purists would say, well, Witchers fight mutants. But if you notice, Witchers basically are enhanced through a cocktail of potions and I suppose a bit of magic to become what they are. So you can consider them as your fantasy style mercenaries. But just like, actual mercenaries some may view them positively but the general consensus of a quote unquote a civilized world might view them with a more negative side i would presume yeah although i don't live in the witcher world i still find it weird that they regard them as outcasts i would say Mm. or something that's really not good because they are fighting evil let's say Mm. but maybe we'll get into it in a while and how it became like that so just a quick fun fact for our nerdy fans so this animated film adaptation was actually done by a korean-based studios called studio mir whose ceo also worked as an animation director for the avatar the last airbender and the legend of korra do you have any other fun facts for us Ray? so maybe we'll step a little bit into that debate on whether they're the good guys or possibly can be viewed as the bad guys if you've looked at the show you've noticed that vesemir is actually pretty arrogant that attitude of money first is very transactional and in general witchers are supposed to be like that they're supposed to be transactional imagine if you want to know a little bit why people can view them negatively imagine needing help from a police officer to catch somebody who murdered your loved one. And then before the police officer says that I'll investigate, he says, pay me up front first this amount. 
and then I'll see about catching the murderer. So that's how a lot of uh, people view the Witcher. And at times, some Witchers charge really high. There is certain tasks, there's a certain price, but then some of them do take advantage. And it is hinted on the show itself that Vesemir can be like that. And he certainly laps it up because Witchers are like, in some twisted way, can be a perpetual bachelor's dream. Because it's all about money, it's all about the pleasures of life while killing monsters, and a lot of people don't like that. But they can't deny the fact there's monsters, and they can't deny the fact that witchers, for all their faults, are effective. So that's one factoid. Another thing that I'd also like to point out is witchers also are one of these races now in in the witcher world. They're technically unable to bear children. They're, They're not celibate. They can have partners but they can't have children. So that's why they spend their coin on various frivolous pleasures of life because they have no other responsibility technically but themselves. But can they bear children though? Or are they just the Night's Watch type of no children? No, they really can't bear children. Because of the potion, the cocktail. Because of the concoction. Not to say that they can't adopt children. For fans of the Witcher game and probably the books, you'd know that the main character there actually has an adopted child, an adopted daughter. And it's also hinted in the actual live action season one. Yep, it is. Definitely so. So you see, there's a lot of these factors that you have to consider as to why people would view a Witcher either positively negatively or somewhere in between. Yeah, we've mentioned some names out there currently. So we've mentioned about Vesemir. So for our nerdy fans, Vesemir is actually Geralt's mentor. So this is a spin-off slash prequel from The Witcher Season 1 if you haven't watched it in Netflix. So Ray, do you think that our nerdy fans should watch first the Season 1 or this one? What do you think? I would advise that they watch Season 1 first because if you watch Season 1, there might be a few Easter eggs that you would notice on the animation. Just like other series, like let's say Star Wars, it's better to watch the episode four, five, six first before you start off with one, one, two, three. So with The Witcher is like that. Better off start with a live action, then go to the animation. Yep. Okay. And so characters like Vesemir. So actually, this the Vesemir in the animated film was voiced by Theo James from Castlevania. I know you've mentioned Castlevania before in some of our episodes. And I noticed that it's actually on sale. The game is on sale, Black Friday sale oh. on Xbox. Yes. So if any of our nerdy fans would like to... Download that Xbox game. There are a lot of Black Friday sales now. I noticed that actors or voice actors now are really like actual actors already. Unlike Japanese voice actors who are really specific. But these actors like Theo James, he has voiced other shows as well. So the main cast of these anime are actors actually. Some might not like it. Some might do. So... Vesemir, so what do you think of this character? Well, with regard to voice acting in general, I do think it was done well. With regard to the concept of being strict between voice actor and live action actor, uh, for me, as long as you can pull it off, then that's fine. But the bottom line for me as well is, you know, is if you can have quality first over, you know, star power, then I would advise it. 
But like I've said before in a previous podcast of ours in Tresse, I understand yes. the necessity of business. I understand the necessity of having that big name to draw it in. And if it works, well, then and good. But if it compromises the business, then maybe we have to reevaluate. Yes. And ha- what do you think about Geralt's mentor in this animation? Ooh, and if actually, if you're a fan of the game, specifically Witcher 3, then you would have been curious about that younger Vesemir because in the games, Vesemir has always portrayed himself to be that old wolf, that father figure to Geralt. Of course, a lot of hints showing that, you know, he had slightly wilder days, but to actually see it on film, to actually experience it, somehow you understand where Geralt was coming from when he implied that Vesemir might be one of those guys who slept with a woman and then jumped out of the window before the sun rose, basically. Mm. So it's interesting and it's also exciting to see that. And as a fan myself of the game, I was very intrigued to see this kind of Vesemir. Mm, interesting, because yeah, I haven't read the books. I haven't played the game, but my husband did both. He was a big Witcher fan as well. And he liked the Vesemir character on how it was portrayed here. So one of the things that I like seeing was Deeglin, Vesemir's own mentor. Because again, especially in the games, you know that there is that gray area that they operate in. But more often than not, you're the hero. You're the top guy. You're the people people depend on. Sure, you can play Geralt in a slightly less sympathetic way, but ultimately, he's the good guy. In here, and sorry for some spoilers out there, you will notice that Vesemir's mentor, Deeglin, isn't exactly a good guy. In fact, at the end of it, you feel a sense of justification that he's no longer with us. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> yes. For those who are just listening to this, I did, did somewhat on Ray, like just a little bit of spoiler. <laughs> but anyway, yes, that part Ray on the animation was actually, it caught me off guard actually, yep. that part. And was it also shown in any of the games or books? I haven't read most of the books, to be honest. I've only started reading it. One thing I can say, though, is that the animation does set the premise for showing that the witchers are indeed a dying breed because monsters are getting lesser and lesser and lesser. So just like in the real world, if your trade is starting to be not needed, eventually you'll be phased out as well. And witchers are like that. And spoiler alert, I did mention spoilers earlier, you know, that's also the case here. And let's just say some of the bad guys don't like that status quo and want to change it back, right? Yep, exactly. And what I really liked in this animation is how it seamlessly transitioned from mm. the season one Witcher, even though this is a prequel. So that's why Ray was a good recommendation, I'd say as well. And I totally agree that our nerdy fans should watch the season one first to be able to appreciate more the beautiful storytelling yep. of this animation. Exactly. And if you've noticed as well, for those who've had a bit of the of season one, even if you don't watch it, I'm sure I can say a little bit more. You'd understand why not many people are very welcoming of Geralt of Rivia in Witcher season one, because it's established long before he was a mature Witcher that they are a dying breed and not many people like them. And then they did something that was quite very wrong. And we have the Witcher as 
as we see them now. Yes. And I wanted to mention also one character, Kitsu, that was like the hard to describe, but it was like a creature there. Yep. So this is eerily reminiscent of the Aguara appearing in Season of Storms, based on my reading. So like Kitsu, this supernatural female creature wields powerful illusion magic and can take the form of a fox. It is notable for kidnapping young Alvin girls, mm-hmm. becoming so attached to them that it will mercilessly chase down anyone who attempts to get them back. So given that Kitsu was kidnapped herself, this parallel is a bit subverted to but her story is definitely modeled on the Aguaran. So it's like the Polish mythology, I'd say. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised considering that the author of The Witcher was Polish to begin yes. with. But to look at Kitsu, in truth, she was actually an elf who was experimented on. And not to give too many spoilers before my co-host murders me from Australia. <laughs> basically, you have this world where in, in some ways this creature is supposed to be a villain. But once you get to understand the story more, that's where you realize that this is not your typical fantasy where there's an evil dragon that you need to slay and you know everybody lives happily ever after you learn very quickly when you learn Kitsu's story and when you immerse yourself in the witcher lore that in this world very rarely if ever would you get a happily ever after and Mm. you know that's why in a sense Kitsu is a sympathetic character to be honest yeah, and another one, trying not to make a lot of spoilers for Netflix. <laughs> I feel that only few people watch this. That's why mm. I wanted our dirty fans to watch this. So The Love Life of mm. Vesemir, which was at first, I didn't know that she was the love life, the childhood friend. Ileana. Yes, it was a very good, again, very good transition of characters and slowly revealing only at the last parts who she is and it was such a very pleasantly surprising revelation yep so that's a thing as well and this is where a vesemir can be cast into a slightly more positive light because you have to understand witchers they're not immortal but they age very very slowly so you will look young for quite a while and Ileana is Vesemir's childhood lover who in this case I think is in her late 70s very old now but Vesemir looks the same as any guy in his in his prime basically so that's that's how you look at it like he has no choice but to live his life he is no longer human by any reasonable standards to be honest but then he sees her he sees the one that made him feel human to begin with but then truth dawns on him that basically he can't be with her because even if her husband's dead and even if he's willing to take her as an old woman she is old and she will die very soon Mm. sooner than him in fact in the witcher games Vizimir I think was over 300 years old so that's that's a life of the witcher these things are supposed to tether them to their humanity but then those fade out very quickly and so that's why a lot of witchers act the way that they do see that's where the gray areas start coming in should it justify the type of personalities witchers have because of people like Ileana? Or you need to treat them like, in some cases, like, like the monsters that they can be? Yeah, it's thought-provoking. It is. And before I get to somewhat related to that, I wanted to mention again another fun fact. So because Kitsu, I mentioned Kitsu earlier, so... I was thinking, I know that the author of the book was Polish. 
So I was thinking, why is the name Kitsu? It sounds Japanese to me. Mm. So this character is actually more of pattern to Kitsune, a Japanese folklore, fox folklore with paranormal abilities that clearly serves as inspiration for this character. Yes. So fans of various anime would be familiar with a nine-tailed fox or the kitsune. But yeah, so one thing we also have to look at is that when you look at games like this, fantasy games or stories, it's always great to look at and or to find inspiration on different lores around the world. So The Witcher is one of them. It does pick from different parts. If you play video games like me, you'd start learning a lot about Japanese lore, like, you know, like Death Gods, uh, Shinigamis and whatnot. So I think that's also one of the things here. And they did use that name Kitsu maybe to also draw in people from around the world, you know, to, to have a look at it. And the way I see it as somebody who appreciates fiction, a good story is a good story regardless of where it comes from. And if it can be used, great, I use it. Absolutely. And so do you have any other characters that you'd like to highlight? Maybe we can also talk about Titra. Because this character, depending on how you want to look at her, because she is presented as a villain in the animation, the way she does things is pretty villainous. But then when you learn of her backstory as to why she did what she did, again, trying not to make any spoilers here, could you really call her that villain? Or is she someone who just acted out for the need to find justice that has evaded her, a crime that was committed to her family that might have been caused by our main character. So this is something that, again, is the huge gray area in the Witcher world. It's yeah. really your medieval, without saying it, to be honest, the Witcher's world can be a, a more fantastical, more dangerous world than Game of Thrones. No, wow, that's a big... That's a big claim there. <laughs> it is. Hopefully some of our nerdy fans will not react too much. But <laughs> Hey, look, I'm not saying that, you know, George R.R. R. Martin's work is less than The Witcher. If you say it's greater, it probably is. You, you might be right because it is more famous worldwide. But again, evil politics might be in both worlds. But remember, when you look at The Witcher's world, you have to deal with so much more not just evil sorcerers not just dragons not just the undead you know if you had to deal with white walkers in what you call this in game of thrones just try to play the last witcher game and you will see just how dangerous elves can be <laughs> oh yes. so now that you mentioned elves, so phila vandral what was yep. his name phila vandral yep, yep. so I was actually surprised of this character in the anime mm. because in the live action, he didn't strike me as much. <laughs> like he doesn't have that presence. But in the anime, I can feel that like there was this regal presence in him. You have to understand, elves in The Witcher might have taken inspiration from the fantasy elves that we know and love or hate, depending on how you view them. But this is a very discriminated race. So it kind of like flips the script wherein the humans have conquered them, have taken their lands, and are treating them as second-class people, basically. So Philavandril here still has his elven pride. Think of it in a situation where conquerors have suddenly become the conquered. And elves are like this. And maybe at the end of the day, even with all that pride, he just wanted to live. He just wanted to do, to you know, to just move on with life. But then as, you know, trying to avoid spoilers... Something happened, 
and um, he's trying to ask help. Nobody wants to help him. The only friend that he thought he had in the form of Vesemir would not help him, not unless he gets paid. So again, there we see that debate, are the witchers good or bad? When, you know, they do help you, but for a price. And they really stick to that in most cases. Cue in music, money, money, money. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and just a little bit of trivia right here. If that's how you want to play Geralt of Rivia in the games, you can do that. It can mm. be all about the money. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing with the Witcher world and how it is presented to the viewer, to the reader, to the gamers. If there is a finer line than fine line between good and bad, then that's the Witcher story. Yep, pretty much. Yep. And so, wait, if, if you're offered to be a Witcher, would you accept? Absolutely not. No, you know... A witcher with, with the benefits of like strength, power, sh- slower aging process. Oh, I I understand those benefits, and they are. But here's the thing: even in the games, which is probably the present day for the Witcher, Geralt and the remaining Witchers do not want to create new Witchers, because not only, of course, is it a dying breed, really, with the with lesser monsters. They feel that it is a crime to create a new one. If I'm not mistaken, it's above sixty percent. When it comes to the um, death rate of trying to make new witchers, remember, when you create a a new witcher, you have to put him in with a lot of potions and whatnot. And less than half of the young boys, probably around less than 12, die from that process alone. And if you become a witcher, depending on who you ask, there is that curse of a very long life. You can't make attachments. You can't have children, depending on who you ask. The pleasures that you will have as a witcher will be superficial and fleeting. And of course, it's in a world where a lot of people or more people hate you every day. There might come a time when witchers are really just viewed at as a relic. And imagine living in a world wherein you're viewed as an unwanted and dangerous relic. And another thing as well, and I think this is one of the last points I'll make on that end. In the game, the witchers always say this. No witcher has ever died on his bed, meaning they always tend to die in the battlefield. They always tend to die fighting some monster. And depending on who you ask, that's not exactly a good way to die. If I'm going to be a bit morbid here, I'd like to be surrounded by my family. I like to be with the people that I love. Witchers do not have that luxury. In fact, in the game, and just a bit of spoiler in the game, you actually deny a fellow witcher that because he did something wrong. And now you have the choice to understand his motives or to kill him. I killed him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the beauty of being human, right? Yep, it is. Yeah. In the last part of the animation, there were some revelations. And without delving into spoilers as mm. much as we can, what are your theories behind Tetra's motives? Saying in a way that you haven't read, you haven't whatever, know her motives, like maybe it was shown in the game or whatnot. So without that background, let's say. I know it's tough to ask, but just try. Well, to frame it that way, then especially in a world like this, there's two wonderful motivators, power and wealth. When you have those, you have influence. When you have influence, then you have safety. It means you command the ear of the kings, you command the ears of armies, You command the ears even of witchers. And maybe for her, by getting rid of these witchers, she can attain that and have more of these power and wealth because she just got rid of a problem nobody wanted to to deal with, right? Or were afraid to deal with. That's one, or rather that's a motive I can say if I 
try not to think of the things that I already know. Mm, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose a lot of things have already been said and I don't want any spoilers. All I can say it as if you are a fan of The Witchers or if you are somebody who's curious, have a look at The Witcher lore, have a look at The Witcher series, and then watch this anime because it is wonderful, nicely written. Again, if you're a fan of, let's say, the Avatar, the, the guy who animated this was, well, yeah, was that guy. So it's really something that you can get behind. And come on, it's a new experience if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and other monstrosities, right? Indeed. And it's a very intricate world and very new and really yep. exciting. And, you know, giving that very fine line between good and bad, which is like our world today, right? In some way, shape or form. It is. Only far more dangerous and, you know, it's probably a world where you don't know if stepping out of your house will will get you killed. Play the games and you will know that's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, thank you so much, Ray. And before we close off, what are the anime or game that you're currently hooked right now? Right. So after this, most likely I will be finishing the Arcane series. Funny enough, that's that's also a film animation based on a game called League of Legends. That's a game I've never played. But I'll tell you what, this is actually a beautiful film animation. You don't need to be a fan of the game to appreciate the story and the storytelling that's, that's in there. Highly recommended. And for the game that I'm currently playing, and I've mentioned this on, on a previous podcast, I think, it's Final Fantasy XIV. It's an online Final Fantasy game. And at first, because I'm not really a big MMO fan, I thought I'd just play it because it's Final Fantasy. I'm a fan of the series. But then I suddenly have it at over 200 hours worth of gaming. And it's probably my second most played game in my computer right now. <laughs> oh, so it must be very, very good considering. Yep. It's <laughs> one of the best games that I've ever played. And as far as its history is concerned, also one of the biggest financial comebacks a gaming company has ever had. Oh. Basic, yep. Just to give you a backgrounder, it was supposed to be a failure so much so that it's the, the company Square Enix, its president had to make a public apology because of how bad the game was. They brought in a new director or yeah, director-producer, to fix it. And now it is one of the most played MMOs in the world. In fact, some are saying it is it has beaten World of Warcraft, which is practically the king of MMOs. Yeah. So yeah. it is a big Even thing. Even in my time before. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so that's saying something from being the worst to practically being the best. Oh, wow. So yeah, with the Arcane Ray, yes, I will try uh, to watch it and I know we will have a future episode on oh, definitely. that. So stay tuned for that one, Nerdy Fans. And for me on my end, K-drama. So I'm watching uh -huh. King's Affection. So hopefully I will be able to review that one of these days. And since we're talking about The Witcher, I think there's an upcoming season too, right, Ray? Oh, yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep, that's December 17. Our region i think so mm. yeah so better watch out for that so there will be enough time for you nerdy fans to watch season one and this animation before that comes out so yep yeah let us know what you think and tag us on our instagram that's at nerdy fans podcast thank you for being part of nerdy fans podcast and we'll see you next time